Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So a few weeks ago, um, I talked to Amber from Copperheart Creative all about creating a team And man, that was a really good episode. We wanted to do a follow-up, though, for you guys, because I know that like creating a team and that sort of thing is something that a lot of people are curious about. Um, And Amber built this team of contractors for her clients, but most of us are just looking for help with our own businesses. Like, can I get some help posting to Instagram or can somebody manage my inbox? Little things like that. So Krista, you have a ton of experience, um, almost from the very beginning, I feel. So we thought this would be a really fun episode where we're going to do it kind of 50-50. Krista is going to share more specific details about what her team looks like, and then I'm going to interview her and ask some questions. I'm scared. This is scary. No, okay, it's fine. I'm excited about this one, though, honestly. Um, you're right. I started, I hired my first VA after I had been in business for five months. And let's be real. I didn't know what I was doing, right? Who knows what they're doing after five months? Um, but it ended up um, being great. We'll get into that later. Uh, and I've built a pretty awesome team since then. So I'm kind of excited to walk everyone through it. This is something I feel like, you know, everyone like brags about their team, but they don't really tell you what it looks like or what goes into it, all that good stuff. So I'm going to break it down for you guys today. Um, I want to just start by setting the stage with who or like what positions I have on my team. Uh, so I have a general VA right now. I have her for 15 hours a month. I started out with way less. I think I started out with five hours a month. So I don't want the 15 like intimidate you. I have a design assistant who I have for four hours a month. I have a copywriter who does, uh, 3,000 words for me of editing per month. I have a Pinterest manager. I have a podcast editor and website designer who you guys may know very well. I wish people could see the hair She's flip I just did. <laughs> and then I also use a service for transcription, uh, rev.com, for those of you who are curious. I have that in my list of who I outsource to because if I didn't use rev.com, my VA would do it or I'd hire someone else to do it. So I thought I should include that in there as well. Um, and then as for what I outsource to all these people, really it's easier for me. I will kind of list off what I outsource, but it's easier for me to talk about what I don't outsource because I'm only really responsible for a few things these days. And when I say that, like, it's not that I'm just sitting here doing nothing. I'm doing lots of things or I'm always busy, but the, um, like the type of work I'm doing is much more limited now. Um, so basically these days I'm only responsible for like actually showing up. So if you see me on video, hear me on the podcast, obviously that's me. Those are the (laughs) things I am, uh, mostly responsible for. I also do all of my own client work and client management as of right now. Um, I outline all of my own content. Um, we'll get 
get into writing it here in a second. I do all my own product creation and then I do all my relationship building, obviously. So like coffee chats and social media interaction and all of that stuff. So those are the things I do. Uh, as for the things I don't do, so my VA takes care of so much stuff. She is, I love her. <laughs> um, she like writes all my content. So I outline my content. She writes it from there, which is so, so helpful. She does all of my social media scheduling. Um, she writes out and manages all of my business processes. So if I have a new process to create, I'll record myself doing it. And then she'll write out the actual process, which is really, really nice. Um, she takes care of all of my episode show notes for the podcast. She does all of my accounting and expense tracking. Um, she does a lot of uh, like different kind of tracking tasks for my business and um, does payouts for people. Uh, she does a whole lot of stuff. Um, then my designer does, if you see something pretty other than my actual website and branding, it is her. She does all of my social media graphics, all of my um, PDF workbooks. If I randomly create a new business, which I am known to do, she does all the branding and stuff for that. Um, so anything that looks pretty, it's because of her. Uh, copywriter. So I have, I have a copywriter who does not actually write my copy, but she edits and reviews like my launch and sales copy, which is really nice because I am totally cool with writing my own launch and sales copy, but it's really nice to have someone who knows what they're doing to come in and be like, okay, change this. Or um, she just goes in and edits it all, which is really nice. Um, Pinterest management. I feel like that's pretty straightforward. They do all of my pinning. I don't remember the last time I opened Pinterest, to be honest with you guys, but my account is growing nicely. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, then you guys know, Corey does all of the podcast editing, which I love her for. Um, she's also my website designer and design my brand. She is who I will always go to when I need a new website and brand. Um, and then all of my transcripts for uh, my products, I, I use rev.com for that. So those are I guess a, that's a general overview of the things I outsource. Does that make sense, Corey? I feel like I'm just rambling at this point. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I want to ask you before you kind of go further into your notes here. Um, if you, if someone had told you when you were starting your business, I'm trying to think of the exact year we met, maybe it was 2015. 2015 yeah. If, if like, I had told you in 2015 that four years later, you would be only doing what you are doing in your business right now. Would you have believed that? And what would you have thought? I probably would have thought that sounded really boring. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's only a few things. Um, I also would have probably been like, wait, like, how? Like, how do you actually outsource that much stuff and like not have it be anxiety inducing? And how do you pay all those people? Like it would have probably seemed um, pretty impossible for me. So if all that stuff I listed out, I'm glad you asked that, does overwhelm some of you, do not worry. I started with one person for five hours a month and over the last four years I've built up to this. Um, but yeah, it would have sounded pretty impossible. Yeah, no, and I can totally understand even like handing over control and then also just managing that many people. So I'm really excited because you talked a little bit about 
you know, your systems for managing all of this in the uh, call we had in the accelerator last week as of recording this. So I'm really excited for everyone else to hear like how crazy organized you are. Yeah, it's it's a curse and a gift, but for outsourcing, it turns into a gift. So yeah, let's go into how I actually stay organized. And there are, there are really three main parts of it other than just the crazy way my brain works. Um, <laughs> but first, and I think most importantly, is my systems playbook is what I like to call it. Um, but basically, in this place, every single one of my business systems is spelled out obnoxiously step by step, as in like, go to the Dubsado website and log in, click this link on the left sidebar, sidebar, like step by step, everything I do is like this in the playbook. Um, I got this idea originally from Raina Pomeroy, who I believe got it from Haley at your content empire. I don't know who she got it from or if she made that up. But honestly, I'm so thankful. I just want to let you guys know I did not make this up. Um, but I use a Google site <laughs> to house and organize each of my systems. And I really like this location because I like that everything is right together. Like you could use like Google Docs or something like that, but I really like that on a Google site, it's all right together. You can see everything like in the sidebar. Um, it's really nice. And then all my team members can just go to this website and see all of uh, the systems, make updates themselves, all of that good stuff. Um, but in there I have all kinds, I, have, I probably have hundreds of systems right now at this point, but there are sections for like client work, um, client onboarding and management, social media, content creation, the podcast, my inbox, what happens if I go on like maternity leave or an extended leave, anything I repeat over and over, anything I've done in the past that I think I might do again, ends up in there. And this has seriously saved the sanity of both me and my team. And this is what makes outsourcing easy. Like I said before, um, when I was getting started, I would have thought that all of this sounded really like anxiety inducing and overwhelming. But literally a couple months ago, I transitioned to a new VA and I was so terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, like I do not want to have to turn another person, um, all this stuff. And yeah, it was just like really overwhelming, but it was actually so easy. I like messaged her one day and I was like, I feel like I haven't given you any direction and that there's no way you can know what you're doing and all that stuff. And she was like, um, you're literally one of the most organized clients I've ever worked with. Like all of this is spelled <laughs> out for me. I know exactly what I'm doing. And all of her tasks were like perfect, literally because of this playbook. Um, so yeah, all I needed to do was assign her the task at that point, And it was so, so nice. So the playbook thing might seem like overkill, but it's so worth it to do. And literally, you just start with one system, one process and work you your way up. I when I started making this, I worked on it for I think it was one hour or two hours every Friday, I would just, you know, write a couple systems. And over time, it builds up to this big, amazing thing. Um, and when you do have someone on your team, I definitely recommend recording yourself doing something and have them write out the process for you because it makes it really easy. So I have a question for you. And you may, this may be like something that you recommend at the end of the episode. But I wonder if you recommend for people to create some kind of like playbook like that, maybe they do it exactly on Google sites like you did or somewhere else internally. But do you recommend people do that? Like before they ever are thinking about outsourcing or hiring someone? Or do you think I mean, obviously, I know you're going to say yes, but do you think it would be okay if someone waited until they needed that like VA, for example, and then they started creating those systems? So 
in my opinion, that would not be okay. I think you should do it right <laughs> away. Because there's two reasons. One, it's actually really helpful for you to have your systems outlined. Um, like for example, even now, I still do my own client onboarding. When I do that, I pull up my system to make sure I know what the heck I'm doing, that I don't miss a step. And so I'm not sitting here racking my brain. I can go so much faster when I can have like the website open on one screen, my process on another screen and just follow step by step. The other reason I say you should do this now, even if you don't think you're going to be outsourcing anytime like in the near future, is because when you decide you are going to hire someone, you're going to want to do it like yesterday. So you're not going to want to have to then stop and go back and make all these processes as you're trying to onboard someone. It's so much easier when you already have it all right there and you can just then go ahead and boom, have someone that you can start working with within a week or two. Um, so that's why I would say it's important to start start now. Even like I said, even if you only do it for like 30 minutes a week, um, do what you can to start getting some of these systems outlined in something like Google Sites, Google Drive, uh, or another tool that works better for you. Yeah. And can I just add a quick note here? Um, I agree with you. I think it's really important for people to start like after they listen to this episode and I've started working on my own as well. Um, and another reason, Chris is clapping for me. I don't think you guys could hear that. Um, but another reason I think this is a really good idea is emergencies happen. You know, we were, we both had our maternity leaves close uh, to each other. And we knew those were coming. So it was very easy, especially for organized Krista to get everything ready. So her team could manage things while she was taking care of a newborn baby. But that's not always the case with things that come up in life. You know, you may have a sudden move, a family member pass away, you know, something happens to your child and you can't work for a week. Like there are legitimate emergencies that may come up where you have to ask a friend to help you out. Like I know you and I are in a situation where it would be like, I desperately need help. Can you help me do X, Y, Z? And I wouldn't even have to worry about, you know, training you because this is how you do it. And that may be something that comes up or you'd have to hire someone real quick. And so you would already have all those systems done and you could easily send everything over to them while you take care of yourself or your family and whatever is going on in your life. And you don't have to worry about emails piling up and work that's not getting done because somebody else is there to help you and they already know how. You didn't have to you know, take time in whatever's going on in your life to set those systems up. So just an extra little encouragement there. <laughs> Ugh, I love that. And I hate to say it, I have my maternity leave process. I do not have an emergency process. And honestly, I feel like that's the first one everyone should have. So you know what I'm going to be doing this afternoon. <laughs> I am glad you brought that up. I think everyone should start there. Um, Anyway, let's move on to the last uh, two things I use to keep myself and my team really organized. The second, after the playbook, is Asana. Um, two of my, my two most active team members, my design assistant and my VA, are in there with me. Um, and here I just use it for what everyone uses Asana for. I assign them tasks. We can communicate back and forth about tasks really easily. They can sign each other tasks. Um, it's just nice to have a really organized space and we don't have to worry about losing information in email or Slack. Um, I've never had to set this as a rule, 
but I would be, I would be very quick if I needed to, to set the rule that no tasks get assigned via email or in Slack. Everything goes straight to Asana um, because that's just where everyone knows to look for it. You can assign due dates, give all the relevant information. And it's really, it's just such a great place to um, manage a team, whether it's one person or 10, 20 people. Um, and then last is Slack. We don't actually use Slack a whole lot. I might talk to each of my team members oh, one or, two, one or two times a week in there, but it's mostly just like if they need clarification on something or if I'm updating them on a project that's coming up, we can pass information back there, back and forth really quickly. Um, more often than that, we're just chatting about something random. Um, but it is nice to have that, uh, that, just that quick like conversation-based location to talk when you need to. Well, and an extra added note here, and I'll make this quick. If you have multiple team members who whose things may overlap where a VA needs a graphic from a design assistant to upload to a blog post, you don't have to worry about she has to ask me and then I have to ask her in, in a Slack kind of situation. Mm -hmm. They can easily ask each other without having to worry about you. So if you only have like yeah. one person you're outsourcing to, I don't think you necessarily need that. But if you have multiple people or as you grow your team, I definitely think it's a very good idea to kind of have that system. So it makes it even easier for you to manage everyone. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's see. So the next thing I think we should cover, like we've talked about what is working well for me. I think uh, we should cover some things that haven't worked well. Just so you guys know, like this has not been like necessarily easy. It's not all perfect over here. Um, some of the things I'm going to talk about ha have happened very recently. Uh, but I just want to share some things with you to help you maybe think about as you go into building a team, um, what kinds of things to watch out for, what kinds of things might be a little more difficult than others. Um, so the first thing that has not worked well for me is outs outsourcing my own development work, just kind of in general. Um, and I think a lot of you designers will relate with this. I am insanely picky when it comes to my development work. I want things done right. And as any of you know who have tried to work with a developer, a developer who knows what they're doing and will do things right is very hard to find. Um, so the developers at the level that I trust either charge you know, just as much as me or more um, or they're booked too far in advance. And then there's also that problem of being able to, to keep those people booked consistently. There are a couple of developers who I would love to have, you know, when I need them, but I can't be like, oh, uh, I need you in a couple of weeks. Is that okay? And then I won't need you again, but I might need you in a couple more weeks. Like that just doesn't work out with the way most developers run their businesses. And I just can't handle trying to bring someone on new who doesn't know what they're doing because stuff just gets really messy fast. And I, I just care too much about the quality of my work, really. Um, outsourcing your actual like client work also adds another level of like client and people management that personally I just can't take on right now. Like, managing people is one of the hardest parts of a business. And there's something very different about, you know, just managing like a VA or a design assistant versus managing someone who is taking care of your clients. Like it's, it's, I don't know, I can't even put, put into words what is different about it, but there's something different and I don't like it. So that's why I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily like closed off. I'm not going to say I'm never going to try it again. Uh, but I haven't found something that works well for me quite yet. So right now, that's on the list of things that does not work well for me. 
Um, and then the next one I have here is outsourcing to the Philippines. Um, mm -hmm. And doing this was like 30% really awesome and 70% a disaster. Um, and it was great because it's super, super cheap for us while still being an amazing wage for them. So I was paying a VA from the Philippines $5 an hour and he loved it. He was in his glory. Um, that was a great wage for him. Uh, it was a quick turnaround time. I kind of treated him like an employee. Like I could assign him tasks the same day and he'd have them done just because of the agreement we had worked out. Um, let's see here. I also had, oh, I also had a developer uh, from the Philippines and that was just like, no, not happening again. Um, but the VA was great. He was great for a really long time, uh, but kind of personal stuff happened and I eventually had to let him go. Um, I'm not really sure at this point if I would do it again. I think if the like exact right situation came up that I needed some help with something that didn't require someone with a more creative background and mindset, I would probably do it again. Uh, but right now I'm just going to like take a step back because it was like really great <laughs> for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, boom, not great. So right now I'm just like, uh, I, I just don't think so. <laughs> um, but then the last thing that did not work well for me is outsourcing social media interaction, which some of you are probably like, duh. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to grow my other business Instagram account, my Summit in a Box business uh, faster. So I paid this Filipino VA to comment on like Instagram posts for me and help me build my audience. And I like did a training video on what kinds of posts to comments on. I had examples of things to say, but I just really, really quickly had to put an end to it, into it because like every time someone would reply to a comment and I would see what was said as me, I, I like just couldn't even handle it. I was like, start picking apart in my head, like why I would never say that and why I'm embarrassed <laughs> and all that stuff. And it was also really awkward because he'd like comment on posts from people I actually knew really well was something that I would like never say. And like, that was like distant and not super personal. Like it would be commenting on like Corey's post talking about Emma and being like, I don't even know, like, what a cute baby or something like that. And I guess Cora would probably expect that from me. But it was just like really weird. And there were a couple of times where I had to message these people. I'm like, so sorry. That was not me. Here's what's going on. So so yeah, do that myself now. Do not recommend trying to outsource commenting on uh, social media posts because, yeah, it's mostly just awkward. So yeah, that's what has not worked well for me. Um, but overall, things go really well. Um, as for my future plans, if anyone cares, I absolutely love my current team. So I do not plan on making any changes right now. I can't think of anyone I would want to add to that team. Um, and they're all amazing. So I just have to hope that none of them decide to do other things. Mm -hmm. Um, something I would like to do is hire someone local, um, because I would love to just, I don't know, I think it would be fun to work with someone local who I could like have in person doing things. It's also going to be way less expensive than hiring a contractor. Um, like I could see having someone local would be happy to work for 10 bucks an hour and that would be great. Um, but you can't find people who own their own businesses that will work for that. Um, but what I'm worried about with that is like they won't come in with all the like creative skills I need. All of this online business thing will be totally new to them, which means a whole lot of training for me. Uh, and my worry is that I'll like invest a whole bunch of time in this person and then they'll like leave two weeks later for a better opportunity. Um, so that's why right now that's something like, oh, that would be nice, but I haven't done it quite yet. But I do think it would be really fun to work with local people, um, which is something that Amber talked about uh, in her episode, which I thought was pretty cool. So yeah, that's how I do things. I hope it made sense. Um, but yeah, I think Corey's going to drill me with questions now.
Yeah, I am going to drill you with questions and thinking about the whole local situation. I have thought some days to myself, man, I just wish I had a personal assistant. Yeah. Like follow me everywhere. So I could be like, Hey, remind me of this in a couple hours. <laughs> hey, take a note of this. Hey, can you call this person for me? Hey, can you refill Emma's medicine? Like, Hey, can you just go fill the car with gas real quick? Just like little things. That'd be amazing. And I imagine in my mind, I'm going to do a hair flip here that <laughs> she did. In some kind of magical other universe, I have a personal assistant and it makes life way easier. But in this universe, I do not. Probably not going to So, <laughs> yeah, no, not ever going to happen. Um, unless I can turn Emma into my personal assistant. There we go. So let's get to the questions here. The first question I have for you is something we, I feel like I've talked to you about a lot, but like how and when did you know it was time for you to start outsourcing some of your work? Yeah. So for me, I told you guys that I started outsourcing five months into my business. Um, and that's definitely not the way I plan for things to go. But at the time, I was very, very dedicated to leaving my full-time job. I was uh, running my business part-time, had a full-time corporate job, and I needed to get out of that corporate job ASAP. Um, so like I had gone through and figured out how much I need to be making from my business each month to be able to quit. Um, and I found that with the hours I had available to work on my business, I could not make that much money. Uh, because I was spending like several nights a week scheduling social media because I at that, that time I was doing like 10 posts on Twitter per day and who knows what else and it was taking forever. I could not write all those blog posts that I, I was publishing weekly blog posts and then all my client work. I just didn't have enough time for client work to make the money I needed. So I knew I needed, that's when I knew I needed to hire someone. So I brought on a VA, I think it was like for five hours a month and she took care of uh, my social media scheduling and like editing and uploading my blog posts and email newsletters. Uh, and that was all I needed. I, that's all, all the help I needed to be able to ramp up my client work by, you know, that many hours or a few more per month. Um, and then I was able to leave my full-time job and I was able to just kind of keep her on from there. But I actually wasn't sure if I would be able to. Um, but that's how I knew. So I think like if you, if you are in that position where you're only working on your business part-time and you need more time for actually income generating tasks, that's how you know that maybe you need to bring someone on even for a little bit to, um, to work on tasks that aren't making you money. Um, or if there are tasks you just hate and you have a little wiggle room and you either want more free time or to work on tasks you don't hate, that's also a good time to bring someone on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that's a great example of where you can start like outsourcing with someone. You don't have to, you know, outsource inbox management. You can literally start by, hey, can you edit this blog post and schedule it and then turn it into a yeah. newsletter? Like it's that yeah. simple. Um, another question I have for you, and I think this is like a selfish question, but do you think that it's important that business owners eventually start outsourcing something, whatever it is? Like, I guess what I'm saying is for a small creative business owner like you and I, for them to grow and make the kind of money they want to make and have the freedom they want to have, do you think it's inevitable that eventually everyone would outsource something in their business? I think it depends on how much growth they really want and how far they want to take it. So if they want to make themselves like 
you know, just a full-time income, maybe $50,000 a year, somewhere in there, maybe even a little more. I don't think you need to outsource. If you like doing all your tasks, if you're terrified of outsourcing, I don't think you have to. But I think it comes when it comes to wanting to really scale your business, you know, if you want to start getting toward the six-figure mark or above, I think that it would be very difficult and stressful to not outsource. And I think it would really reduce your effectiveness because think of it this way, there are tasks like, you know, general inbox management and scheduling social media. When you compare them to other tasks, those are tasks like $5 an hour tasks. They're not worth a whole lot. They're not making you a whole lot directly. Then there are things like your client work or making products that are more like $100 an hour tasks. And there is the big picture visioning in your business. That's like $1,000 an hour tasks. If you're spending a whole bunch of time on those $5 tasks, it's taking so much time away from those other things. So if you really want to scale and grow your business, it's like it's literally hurting you to not outsource some of those things to someone. So I'm not saying that it's like impossible to not do that. I just think you're like literally holding yourself back by not if you do want to get to that higher level. Yeah, I agree. And I also, I don't know how many people are in my position um, where you have a kid at home or multiple mm -hmm. children at home and you're working around a very specific schedule, their nap schedule, for example. But I think in the past couple of weeks, it's really dawned on me, you know, I wish I had more time to work. And that's the mm -hmm. downside of what I have chosen to do uh, for our family. Um, and so you know, that's just how it is. If I'm not going to change anything with childcare, then I have to outsource. And I think that's something that other people have to think about. If you can't leave your full-time job yet, if you can't, like, if you can't afford childcare, maybe outsourcing is cheaper, you know, different things like that. Think about, you know, if you're limiting, if you're limited, like you said before, in the time you have, and you want to grow, then I, I kind of do agree that I think, to get where you want to get, you have to kind of make that leap. Yeah. So I remember the very first VA you hired and lots <laughs> of conversations. Um, and I'm not going to frame that any other way than saying that. So I'm curious, thinking back to her, what do you wish you knew about outsourcing before you hired her, before you hired someone for the very first time? Yeah, so I think... With that particular case, the most important thing I wish I would have known was that if it comes to the point where you are telling someone on your team the same thing over and over and over again, that that person is not worth having on your team. Um, you've probably heard the saying, was, no, now I forget the saying, mm -hmm. hire slow, fire fast. That's what it is. Um, I was not willing to do the fire fast thing because I'm a nice person. I don't like making people sad. Um, so I was just... Um, telling my VA the same things over and over and over and going in and fixing the same things over and over and over. Um, and now that will not happen. That will not happen ever again. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that I wish, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it sucks a lot, like a lot of client situations, but you got to put your personal stuff aside and do what's best for your, your sanity and your business. And that is um, get rid of people who cannot follow directions and written processes and all that good stuff. And I think having those processes helps. Yes. Yes. If I here. didn't already have those, that would have been my answer to that question is the like the thing I would have wished was that I had them, but mm -hmm. I'm a nerd. So I had them. 
Of course you did. So my next, and I only have two more questions. My next question is how do you find people who really align with your values? Cause I know there are a lot of things that are very important to you and obviously you want it to look good. You want it to be done right. You want people who, you know, don't have crazy things that they're doing or, you know, showing themselves in a certain way on the internet, maybe. Um, so how do you, how do you find the right people? Cause I know that's a very big question for lots of us thinking about outsourcing. Yeah. So with the fact that I work with other business owners, like I'm hiring subcontractors with their own businesses, I place a lot of weight on their online presence. So I look for people who have professionally done websites who have Instagram feeds that are a hot mess. I don't care if it's like not, you know, the picture perfect Instagram feed, but I just want to see them doing something where I can tell they're trying to grow their business through it and doing a good job. Um, I, I love to see like active blogs and stuff like that. Really what I'm looking for is seeing someone managing their business the way I like to manage mine. I want to see someone who knows what they're doing because then I can trust them to help with my stuff. If they're, if they're not, cause if they're not like, how do they, how do they understand and know what's going on? You know? So, and then I also look for like the personal aspect. So um, I'll look at their about page and stock them on social media and just see like, does this person look like someone I would want to hang out with? Um, and when the answer is yes, that's someone I would go for. Um, like thinking down the road to if slash when I hire someone locally, it would be, like for me, I would just look for my business values, which are on my website, reflected in a, in a human person. Um, <laughs> a human so, person. <laughs> <laughs> so like I would want someone who's going to be really driven and who will take the information I give them and run with it and do their own problem solving and be really dependable and all of that stuff. So I think that's another way to do it. You know, if you don't want to do what I do and really place a lot of weight on someone's online presence figure out what your business values are and find that in a person. So do you start with social media to find people or do you ask yeah. like people, you, your peers, people you have a close connection with, Hey, I'm ready to outsource copy editing. Do you know someone who can do that? Like, yeah. So most of the time I already know somebody just from like social media um, for my last VA, I did both things. Luckily, I had Corey to be like, hey, check out this chick. And she was amazing. And I hired her. Um, but what I was planning to do, I had like a job posting all written up on my website. Um, and I went through all of like the people following me on Instagram and searched for like virtual assistant and VA and like opened all of those people's websites. And my plan was, you know, I was filtering them down to the people who looked like a good match. I was going to send them that job posting, be like, does this look like a good fit? And if I couldn't find anyone, I was going to post it on my Instagram stories and regret it for the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> um, but that, that's usually how I go about it is if I don't already know someone, I look at people who are following me on Instagram. Yeah, I, I like that answer. That's helpful. But I like people who kind of like already have a clue about what I'm doing. I just feel like that's a better start. I would never like post in a Facebook group asking um, or anything like that because that just gets really messy fast. Yeah, no, I would never post in a Facebook group looking for anything because people come out of the woodwork and your DMs <laughs> get blown up and no, oh, thank you. Yep. So the last question I have, and this is another selfish, selfish question and you know this very well. This is like probably one of the number one reasons I have very few things I've ever outsourced. 
how the H-E double hockey sticks do you hand over control? And I mean, like, the fact that you had someone commenting to help grow your Instagram account is so incredible to me because that's something I would be like hyperventilating into a paper bag, like (laughs) to ask someone else to do that for me, especially a stranger. So how do you feel confident doing that? Um, I think it's a matter of starting. I, I literally think it's a learned skill. So starting really small with tests that like air quotes don't matter as much. Um, and working your way up is the key. Like I said, the first thing I outsourced was like scheduling my Twitter posts. Who cares, right? Like it it wasn't (laughs) a big deal if she was going to mess that up. And like um, editing and scheduling my blog posts and newsletters. I had already done the main part of that. Nothing else was a big deal. And I'm like kind of working up from there. Um, So it's seriously just a learned skill from now. And then having my written processes helps as well because I outline as much as I care about, you know, like any detail I care about is included in my process. Like for example, for my, um, like Instagram scheduling, I have specific guidelines for what types of images to post next to other images and things like, you know, make sure the scissors aren't in uh, (laughs) like two consecutive images and stuff like that. So if I care about a detail, it's in my process. So that just makes me feel a lot better about it, but it's totally a learned skill. Like Right now, you, you're you just starting outsourcing some of your design stuff, and that is going to start getting easier and easier and easier, and you're going to feel more comfortable with it, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, I think it also boils down to finding someone you're confident in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. um, the person, what Chris is referring to is I'm having someone help me with some uh, products for Coded Creative, and uh, I'm doing all the legwork, and she's just doing a little bit of production work for me. And I think when I first started thinking about doing this, it was so, it was like, I can't do that. You know, that's too much um, to ask someone to do these type of tasks. And then it was perfect that she reached out to me. And I hope she listens to this episode and hears me talk about how happy I am to have her helping me. Um, But it was so perfect. And then we got on a phone call and that sort of thing. And Seeing, like you said, her website, her social media, to literally hearing her voice and like getting to know her a little bit, that sort of thing. It really did make me feel so much more confident and comfortable saying, okay, here's the tasks I'm going to have you do. And that's not to say that I would feel comfortable having her do anything for my business, but that's definitely helped me start small with this type of like production work and then maybe go even further with her. So yeah. Perfect example. Yep. So so what? Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So what tips do you have here for people who want to kind of create this dream team for their business? Okay. So tip number one is to smart, start small and easy. So figure out what's taking a ton of time away from like your client work, the tasks that are making you money Um, and identify those things. You also want this to be something that does not require your exact personal touch. So don't start if you've never outsourced before. Corey, I can't believe I'm saying this, but by outsourcing your design work. (laughs) I'm glad it's working for you. Hey, hey, she's not designing anything for me. She's translating designs already did. So it's a little bit different. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, that works. 
So like, yeah, you want your personal touch to be done on things already. Um, and just find someone for even a few hours per month to start helping out. You don't have to start with 10 hours per month or however many hours a week. Start just as small as you need. You're going to find people who offer those small packages and go from there. So starting small is my first tip. My second one is do not go for the cheapest person out there, please. And thank you. I feel like that's all I'm going to say about that. Because as you can tell, I'm already sassy. So Mm -hmm. let's just leave it there. Next is figure out your systems before you hire somebody because figuring it out after is a disaster and you're literally just wasting your money to have someone sit and not know what the heck they're supposed to be doing. Um, And then last, just get clear on the type of person you want to work with and what your expectations for them will be. What is okay? What is not okay? How do you know they're doing a good job? or not a good job. So this has been, I I feel like this has been a really long episode. So a quick recap, really when it comes to hiring and building a, just an amazingly powerful team for your business, you need to find out what works for you. And you're not going to find that out without actually trying it. So I've been outsourcing uh, since February 2016. So over three years, as of recording this, and I'm just finally to a place where I'm like, I love my team. This is easy. This is all going really, really well. So start small, figure out a couple things you want to outsource and give it a try. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.